Where there is love, there is God. Most church choirs can't sing that. That's amazing what you just did. Love is the topic today. Please pray with me. Since I cannot preach like Peter, and I cannot pray like Paul, let me tell the love of Jesus and say he died for all. Amen. As a former music director and later as a pastor, I have heard some very fine sermons on 1 Corinthians 13. This morning, if I were to pay tribute to them, I would be obliged to begin by saying there are many kinds of love in the Bible. There's eros, body-to-body love, the love that Christian tradition belittles and has pretty much expunged and redacted from the biblical text. But come on, Eros, we live in San Francisco. Armistead Maupin, gay icon and author, wrote of San Francisco, in this town, the love that dare not speak its name never shuts up. (laughs) That would be my take on Eros, the love that expects something in return. The love that expects something from me. PG-13 love, maybe, a thrilling love. God made arrows, it's okay. Then I would say that 1 Corinthians 13 is not talking about that kind of love, and that couples probably shouldn't have this passage read at their weddings, and we'd have a Presbyterian kind of tee-hee-hee about that. And then I would go on to elaborate that there are other kinds of love in the Bible, such as storge, Familial love, parent for child, instinctual love. There is philia, which is friendship love, brotherly, sisterly love, camaraderie. Philia prefers us rather than me. Philia can refer to a predilection such as, I just love pickles, like a Facebook post. Oh, I just love dogs. That can also be philia, some people say. Finally, I'd plunge the homiletical arrow of truth into agape love. And we would all feel better because that's God's love. And God is love. And those who live in God live in love. And God lives in them. That's why we get dressed up on a rainy Sunday morning and come to church to experience agape love. Selfless love, eternal, unconditional, unhinged, generous, overly elaborate, simple love. Agape love is the love that created the diversity of creation and called it into being. Agape doesn't wear down. Agape never gives up. Unlike philia, 
Agape bypasses circumstances and physical bonds. It's bigger. Unlike storge and eros, agape is not so relating to another person. It just is. Unlike eros, agape gives without expecting anything in return. Agape does not depend on anything, not wealth, not status. Agape doesn't depend on a good makeover or a ripped six-pack. Agape is God's love. And that, says Paul in 1 Corinthians 13, is the love the church must emulate. Most of the Bible, if not all of it, is written in response to something that was going on at the time of the writing. Paul writes to the Corinthian people in the congregation there because they are abusing their freedoms. They're refusing to share. They're scorning their neighbor's spiritual gifts. They're boasting of their own gifts seeking recognition for themselves and jockeying for power in the congregation. Paul describes a love as unshakable as God, agape, the source of our security, our safety, our freedom, to be patient and kind, to bear and endure all things, and to give up control. Have mercy. I made that part of my ordination questions. They asked me, do you promise to give up the need to control everything? And I thought, why did I put that in there? With God's help, I try every day to be patient and kind, to endure all things and give up controlling everything. But my husband, Luke, can tell you that it is an uphill battle every day. The King James translators just couldn't handle it. It was too much. This agape love exceeded sense, all sensible human boundaries. They translated agape as charity in this passage. Charity is close, but it's not the same as love. In some cases, charity is quite the opposite. To be clear, charity or caritas in Latin, as we just heard so beautifully, is a virtue. But charity is a sign, a manifestation of agape. Charity can quickly become something I do for you, you poor thing. Hear what I'm saying? Because, oh, I can help you. Because you're homeless. Because I want a charitable donation, charitable donation statement for my taxes. I am doing this for you. Charity can imply that I get something in return. At least it can in 2019. Early theologian Thomas Aquinas would argue with me that caritas is, quote, the theological virtue by which we love God above all things for God's own sake and our neighbor as ourselves for the love of God. Aquinas is pushing up against agape for me. I've just described for you a typical sermon on 1 Corinthians 13. And to reference the matrix, for me, here is where the simulation breaks down. Thank you. Luke. 
<laughs> we have spent so much time in the church studying what love is and what it can be and what it ought to be and who should love who and who can we say is actually married and blah, blah, blah. We have forgotten to experience it and to demonstrate the love of God. Don't you know what love is? I think you know what love is. Now, I've met some very tragic people who seem to have no capacity for empathy, and I worry that they may never know what selfless love is. I wonder what would happen, though, if we didn't feel the traditional obligation to speak low when we speak love. What would happen if we didn't feel obliged to go through all those overlapping and a little confusing Greek terms and Latin terms for love? What if we just loved one another? I wonder what would happen if we went a little Lin-Manuel Miranda. Did you see him a couple of years ago at the Tonys? He read this amazing poem after the Orlando Pulse gay bar massacre. He said these words. When senseless acts of tragedy remind us that nothing here is promised, not one day, art and music are proof that history remembers. We live through times when hate and fear seem stronger. We rise and fall and light from dying embers remembrances that hope and love last longer. And love is love. Is love, is love, is love, is love, is love, is love, cannot be killed or swept aside. Now fill the world with music, love, and pride. So you may alert the theology police today. I am advocating the philosophy of Lynn Manuel Miranda perhaps over generations of fine and brilliant sermons who have stayed true to seminary educations, who have parsed the Greek and pointed out that agape is not eros, is not philia, is not storge, assuming that love must define its terms if we're to do it right. Christians, Jesus followers, speak loud when you talk about love. Being good Presbyterians, you were politely agreeing with me on the outside while shuddering on the inside. What if we get it wrong? We will. We absolutely will. We will get love wrong. Eh. Paul writes that we can't hold it all in in our minds. The psalmist even said, such knowledge is too wonderful for me. Too high to grasp, too great to understand. I can't get my head around it. I will never be fully cognizant of all of the things I must do to demonstrate God's love. So perhaps we're here in this world to grow and learn. To experience love by doing love. Most people are intimidated by agape love because it makes us think of Jesus who died on the cross. No greater love has anyone than to lay down our lives for our friends. That's agape love. You don't have to start there. That's the advanced course. 
A few years ago, Lou and I were flown to Virginia so that I could officiate uh, a wedding between two really lovely young people. We made a whole trip out of it, adding a few days in New York to visit old friends. While there, we were lucky enough to get tickets to a show we'd never heard of, Come From Away, which is now here in San Francisco. Anyone seen it? Yes. We'll talk. We chose it because a friend had recommended it, and it was available. We had no idea what we were about to see. As the musical began, actors played regular people. They looked like regular people. And they had this really unique Newfoundland English accent, all of them. They were going about their days as usual. And then it's revealed that it is September the 11th, 2001. And in Gander, Newfoundland, there's a sleepy little airport that was once busy during World War II as a refueling stop for transatlantic flights. On September 11th, 2001, they went from zero airplanes to 38 jumbo jets within a day. Several military aircraft landed. Everyone was ordered, get out of the sky. They had to sit on the plane for 24 hours while they all went through background checks. They had no idea what were happening. They didn't know why they were there. Do you remember the chaos of that day, the fear, the, the, the awe of that day? Imagine a sleepy Newfoundland village of 9,000 increasing to 16,000 over the course of several hours. There was no lodging for the stranded, most of whom were not told where they were landing. Many did not speak English. Fear pervaded everything. And then the people of Gander did what good people do. They shared what they had. They gave up controlling an uncontrollable situation. And they opened their homes and their schools, their community buildings, businesses to complete strangers not from off the street, from off a plane that landed from who knows where. The first 24 hours, the travelers were protected from the news. When they finally were allowed off, there were no rental cars, no buses to catch. They were stuck in Gander, Newfoundland for five days together, like it or not allowed only their carry-on luggage, they were invited into the homes of complete strangers where meals and beds and clothes awaited them. When Lou and I realized what we were watching, we both burst into tears. We cried through the whole thing. We cried at the curtain call at the end. It's the most beautiful, miraculous story of how agape love is alive in this world and waiting for people to help. The people of Gander did not stop to wonder, am I doing this right? Is this philia or is this agape or whatever? They just loved. Would you please read with me this text for today? And it is my challenge to you that you just take Paul at his word. The whole sermon 
a setup for this reading. The word lives in the people. And so let the people read together. 1 Corinthians 13, 1 through 13. Listen for God's word. If I speak in the tongues of flower fades, the grass withers, but the word of God endures forever. In the name of the God of love. Amen. Amen. 